Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast, guys. This is another one of our Star Wars bonus episodes. We're doing Revenge of the Sith today. We dropped our revisit of Attack of the Clones on Wednesday. And we're putting these as a couple of bonus episodes because we've got so much content coming up. We've got, we're covering obviously the new Falcon and Winter Soldier series. We're covering Godzilla vs. Kong, Suicide Squad... The Bad Batch Star Wars series coming out. There's just so much uh, happening. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Gosh, like, how lucky are we over the next few months with the amount of content that's coming out? It's going to be great. We're also going to be celebrating our one-year anniversary in April. We're going to have some special guests for that as well, so that would be a good laugh. But in the meantime, I thought I'd take you on another trip back to the early 2000s. 2005 where everything seemed okay and we didn't have a pandemic. So let's go back and revisit Revenge of the Sith. I think this one might be the most, not I think enjoyable maybe is the wrong word, but... There's a lot going on in this last film. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think it's um, it's certainly different from um, in kind of already like pace and tone from the from the start um, compared to episode one and two, which um, on my rewatching I have to say it, that was kind of one of the first things that stuck out about it. Um, the fact that. You know, it starts with that war scene right away and you kind of like straight into the action. And already like, like that says to you, like, this is a completely different film. Um, and uh, with a different sort of pace. And, you know, it's interesting because in episode two, we were talking a lot about how Anakin and Obi-Wan could have had a bit more of a brotherly bond and a bit more jovial joking and and something to highlight how, well, what exactly their relationship is is made up of you know the fact that they are master and padawan but also sort of brotherly kind of rivals i suppose in some way um but and you know and since you know the start of this film it, you can really tell that they've they start playing up on that so much more i mean um the, one of the first things i noticed was kind of how jovial the two were between each other which actually was quite a welcome relief from um from the other two um so yeah, I mean, what what did you think when you kind of first saw them come on screen? It's it's quite a, a different start, isn't it? Firstly, it's um, it's an amazing start. I think it's the best start to any film from the prequels, the mm. space battle where you kind of first follow their two ships. Uh, I don't think you realise it's them first. You're just following these ships cruise around one of their cruisers and then kind of drops down with the planet in the distance and this epic beyond epic space battle going on and then you realize you're with uh obi and anakin but it is 
nice because there's a removal from the arrogance that you saw of Anakin in the beginning of Attack of the Clones that kept on popping up quite a bit. And it was more, like you said, it was more just like two good friends brotherly joking around all throughout that mission up until, um, you know, until they find Palpatine on the ship because they're rescuing him from Dooku. Mm. But yeah, it was. It, I found it more of a refreshing standpoint to see that relationship in that way. I wish really we saw more of that. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, it's it's interesting kind of looking at them in, in episode three uh, compared to how, what their dynamic was in episode two and how in episode two, actually, they're, both their attitudes are quite similar in that they're both quite serious. And obviously Anakin is a bit more intense, but Obi-Wan is, you know, in episode two is still quite um, focused and on point and, very much following the Jedi order and missions and not really like Qui-Gon Jinn at all. He's, you know, still quite devoted. Uh, and then I find that in episode three, it, it's, it's almost like he's loosened up a bit and come more to terms with being Anakin's master um, and their relationship. And, and it, it feels much more comfortable. And actually the script feels better and the actors seem to act it out better, uh, even with, you know, the kind of same CGI settings that you have of, of episode two, it felt like this one, it was more seamless. Um, and with the kind of pace of, of the opening scene, it, it it really is actually quite an entertaining start, I have to say, um, especially compared to, as we had discussed yesterday um, or in, in the previous episode uh, with episode two, how the first half of it is essentially a political thriller and really lulls in pace compared to episode one. And, it almost feels like with episode three that they're correcting that that pacing issue of episode two and they've just decided to carry on with the action that ends episode two and then bring it into episode three and and having these characters and you know having the two the main guys that have developed and and grown and and, and carried on uh, you know from where we kind of left them off um and yeah i mean as a i, I mean i hadn't re-watched episode well episode three in a, in a couple of years and making notes for episode two and one it was interesting to see how kind of, how giddy my notes are for this because it's it's you know i'm already saying it's, it starts with war uh you know you've got this kind of epic battle involving lots of characters um from the start you've also got palpatine and dooku as quite well, central characters and roles. Dooku is, again, you know, he's the defined bad guy. And um, it, it, as we said for episode two, it's sad that almost Dooku isn't explored more because he's still such a strong character. Uh, and Christopher Lee plays him so well. And he, he and as a Jedi, he, he provides some good fights and some good demonstrations of the Sith abilities. Um and it feels almost like he's gone too quickly, I have to say. Um, but it, it, it's it's interesting to how it you know for how it moves the script along and and kicks off the film really um, to then allow Palpatine to become that central you know uh, bad guy really or Sith Lord. How do you feel the pace of this film um, works in the compared to the other two i know you said the phantom menace which we both agreed on has a really good pace to it mm. 
it never feel like it lags at any point it just drifts along quite smoothly but episode two more feels it has a very slow Mm. um pace for nearly half of the film until it kind of picks up so you feel it lags a bit more what um did you get from episode three in terms of the way this one was set so i felt that it was quite the mixture of episode one and two's pacing it has the action feels uh like it has a higher energy like episode one that even with episode one you know we had said that there were kind of comedic points and action points which were not always done it or executed in the best way from a filmmaking point of view but the energy of episode one always stays up and there's always something going on and i feel that with episode three it retains more of that but then after the kind of initial opening war scene it somewhat reverts back to that episode two uh i mean here i wouldn't call it a lull so much but it goes back to the political drama um of obviously palpatine controlling uh or do, gaining political control and and maneuvering around the senate and obviously starting to exert greater influence over anakin and and then and turn him against the jedis and and whilst it's similar to episode two it doesn't quite feel the same in terms of energy it feels i think because the political action is a bit more exciting and and related to the main characters i mean the fact that you're starting to see anakin really growing in independence and away from the jedi order and becoming quite upset with them over certain things and obviously you know you can see his relationship with palpatine growing and palpatine becoming this sort of uh political mentor uh to him and so he 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 trusts him more and so i think those political scenes are actually like quite interesting in showing how anakin develops as a character and how he becomes vader and 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 also again you know from the political point of view how um how Palpatine, you know, yeah, becomes the Emperor. Um, it, it it does help the plot points slot in, uh, even if they are kind of sitting around discussing them. Um, so I, I thought it was, yeah, a kind of a mix of the first two episodes, um, but effectively done. Uh, because, yeah, all the talking is focusing on the main characters and their sort of own arcs. Uh, you've got other characters getting more into sort of mission mode, such as Yoda and, and Mace Windu as well. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 I think it, episode three's pace is sort of what the pace should have been for all three, really. Um, it, it's, and also the tone of it is, you know, as we mentioned earlier, um, Obi-Wan and Anakin, their own relationship is already more upbeat a bit more energetic friendlier more fun jovial and that's a really welcome relief and especially amidst the action so you've already got this really high energy nice script which is sort of what was missing from uh episodes one and two and it feels in episode three that they've they've balanced the serious tone or the serious situation with that kind of funnier script and it, it almost works well to balance out the seriousness with a bit of comedic relief from the main characters so there i i feel here that it's hitting more of the stride that is in keeping with 
the classic Star Wars films, really. The comedic relief seems to definitely be taking a leaf out of the book from the original trilogy in the way we spoke about before, how um, Han always had those comedic lines every now and again inserted well in between either complete serious scenes or action scenes. And that seems to be very much the case in this one. It kind of feels that there was more focus on the script in episode three than there was in the previous two. So that the visual scope of the film and the script sat side by side on this film. It was kind of like Mm. episode one and episode two were trying to work out a balance. And by the time they got to episode three, it seems that balance was worked out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and actually episode three as well, because it has, you know, it's again, a very digital film in terms of the, the scenery and a lot of the characters or the, not the characters as such, but the, the, the non-main characters um, such as the soldiers and, and the cityscapes. That even though there is a lot of CGI used because the script is stronger and more focused on the characters, you don't notice it as much. Um, and also what the characters are talking about seems to be more on point as to their story arcs. I mean, as I said, you know, the, the scenes with Anakin and Palpatine, I, I think, are, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how Palpatine operates as this sort of agent provocateur of the Sith. Uh, to, to essentially, you know, ruffle Anakin's feathers, and and it's, it, it comes from a political standpoint, but then it turns into one of of that of the Jedi um, that he's, and, and and it's interesting as well um, the way he builds up and then reveals himself to Anakin, and I I, I think it works well actually. Um, it's dramatic enough to build up the suspense and then once he's revealed it it you know you get that great scene with you know Mace Windu trying to seize him um with the other jedis and you you see Sidious's power which it's uh, I mean obviously he's incredibly powerful um at, as a Sith lord but you also just see him as a, a political operator uh <laughs> in the Senate and, and disowning the Jedis and, and turning the, the Republic against them, which, and, and also spreading them out to the different corners of the galaxy. I mean, the fact that Yoda's here and Mace Windu is still there and Anakin is now with uh, Sidious and Obi-Wan has also been sent away to uh, tackle General Grievous. I, I think that it, 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 the film builds well for showing how the Republic and the characters fall to the the Empire and the dark side, really. Yeah, very much so. And I think a lot has to be said with especially the dialogue in the many scenes between Palpatine and Anakin and the progression of Palpatine's hold over Anakin. And it kind of shows you that he, whilst at one point you feel he had kind of an innocent heart and a way of wanting to be a great Jedi. It kind of, it teeters on the edge that he just wanted to be great. Yeah. And that really shows his relationship with Palpatine and how Palpatine was able to move him from one side to the other. Shows that his goals 
kind mm. of aligned more with the Sith way of thinking in terms of you just want to be the best and want to be the most powerful yeah. rather than the Jedi way of thinking where you want to home your abilities for the good of everyone around you and what you can do to help other people. Whereas in, and I just think the, the opera scene, especially between Palpatine and Anakin. Yeah. Very key scene. Obviously he, yeah talks about Darth Plagueis I think in this particular scene which uh, is a very very key moment in the whole film due to the link it had at that point in time Anakin's gone from having those nightmares about his mum to nightmares and now about losing Padme and obviously the the story beats just all fell in line and this I feel that the you know the opera moment of them two sitting down is one of the most pivotal moments of the film. And I'm quite glad that they set it relatively early. I think it's about 45, 40 minutes into the movie, Hmm. but it really gives them once again, this is praise to the script writing of the overall story. It gives them that time to develop the relationship between Palpatine and Anakin to the next level. Is that something you thought was really well approached their particular relationship in this film? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, and particularly actually that scene, I, I I didn't quite remember it, uh, you know, rewatching. I mean, I obviously I I've seen the scene multiple times before, but it never stood out to me as uh, a key scene, but then, you know, rewatching in, the grand arc of the, of the original trilogy. I think that scene is, uh, yeah, as you said, so pivotal and so important to show the influence that, that Palpatine is putting onto Anakin and the, the little tricks and, and, and ways to get him thinking more independently. You know, essentially he's planting these seeds of just saying, you can't depend on the Jedi. Uh, you, you are, stronger than them you you can do greater things you can keep the ones you love alive and i think it's it's good to move the anakin's progression along by showing i think this is where episode episode two slightly fell down in that the as we had discussed for episode two there were the involvement of Padme and Anakin's mother in his storyline were obviously very key points to move him along to the dark side, but it felt like episode two almost didn't play them up enough or they were just playing them quite lightly. And also, and because of the clunky, certain clunky scenes and perhaps not enough uh, pay to Anakin's mother's death on Tatooine, it felt as if they were, whilst they are very important moments for Anakin, it felt as if they weren't, as effectively done as they should have been. And I think in episode three, it really, the the script is really on point at showing that actually these two characters for Anakin are essentially the the main driving points for him to become the Sith Lord and and to take the, you know, the power into his own hands and, and save Padme. Um, So I I think, yeah, that scene is great. I, I, as I had said, uh, Palpatine and Anakin, their relationship in this film, I think it, it almost could have been explored even more. And I, I would have even liked to have seen more of the relationship in episode two, perhaps. 
um, because Palpatine isn't revealed uh, as the Sith Lord until I think around midway through the film, and you know we get some really we get the opera scene and there's another scene I think with Palpatine and Anakin, and those are just as we're saying it's just really key and important scenes to to show how Palpatine moves and how. Uh, how he essentially uses people's insecurities against them to to get what he wants, really. Yeah, very much so. And also, I like another part of the film in the introduction of General Grievous is very much needed due to the quick exit of Count Dooku. See, I I was going to ask about what you thought about Grievous uh, as a well sort of sith character bad guy i feel my opinions on grievous have changed more so due to seeing the clone wars animated series mm-hmm. where you see a lot more of that character i th- i wasn't too fond of him as a character to begin with because you know eff- effectively in the story Grievous acts as a replacement for Count Dooku. Yeah. Count Dooku is, was gaining a lot of attention from the Jedi, and that was a focus story point for them to follow. And then, of course, removal of Dooku, you very much needed somebody else to come in because having that extra person come in, extra bad guy, that obviously allows for the story to go in different directions so especially obi-wan removing him from a situation where he's more conscious maybe of anakin at that time and due to having obi-wan removed from that scenario where he's absent it's obviously key to the story because it allows anakin's relationship with palpatine to grow Hmm. and to kind of grow in a way that even though the Jedi's have said how they didn't like his relationship, but I don't feel they were fully focused on how negative it could be. Hmm. But Grievous as a character, I thought he was, I, I mean, I can't say I didn't like the lightsaber effect, I really enjoyed that with the multiple lightsabers fight against Obi-Wan. That was quite enjoyable, but he was a very noticeable CGI character to a certain extent, as were, which I remember us. And this is the thing I find really funny. We mentioned this previously when we were talking about the CGI. The CGI used pretty much... 90% 90% of the time for every time you see a stormtrooper. Yeah. Every stormtrooper seems to be CGI'd and not brilliantly. Yeah. Then there's the battle scene on the Wookiee's homeland. Yeah. Where it almost seems that apart from the crazy action sequences where Wookiees are like jumping out of the sky, that all of those Wookiees very much seem practical. For um, And I believe, even in the scene where there's a whole sea of Wookiees on the beach, all very much look like 
they were either loads of people in costume or a handful of people in costume then duplicated. But it just, those creative, visually creative decisions, just, this is like one of my negatives on, which I was led to this by talking about Grievous, but one of my negatives on Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith is that just decision for CGI, really, where Mm. I, I don't think it ever was needed. If you just had the Stormtroopers as real people in uniform, that would have... I know Grievous would have been obviously a lot harder because there's a lot more going on. <clears throat> but just that I feel that was a... Yeah, I mean, for me, I personally think Grievous, I could have done without him. Um, fair enough if he plays an additional part in Attack of the Clones um, in the series. But personally, as a character, I think he... I mean, whilst I, I think he's more flash than substance, really. And, um, and I think him being... A central villainous character takes away from Dooku and actually Dooku could have incorporated more of if they had taken Grievous out we could have perhaps had more of Dooku or he could have been utilized in a different way as a character and personally if that had happened I would have been much happier because more Christopher Lee and less Grievous and less CGI uh, battles and stuff it, uh, for me it would have been more satisfying as a fan because I, I think one of the things that I noticed with episode three and particularly with fights like Grievous's fight is that most of and because you have characters like Sidious coming along and developing and then battling with Mace Windu later on a lot of the fight scenes are very CGI heavy and I think traditionally lightsaber battle scenes you know even in episode one you know you've got darth maul and um in episode two you you have all the jedis fighting and and they're obviously all real characters but then in episode three a lot of those lightsaber battles are all you know very cgi heavy including the you know the yoda insidious one that's completely cgi which is completely understandable there but perhaps the sidious versus mace windu fight didn't have to be as cgi heavy as it was except for maybe some of the Sidious parts. But I think with the Grievous fight, it, it just feels very, um, very, I mean, it feels a bit like a light show, to be honest. And I don't think that's completely necessary for telling, for telling the story, really. And, I, and it's unfortunate that we lose Dooku so early on, because, again, I think Dooku as a character, and ultimately his death as well, they're really quite key points for the story and they could have utilized him much more as that main sith enemy before palpatine revealed himself because he was such a he's a strong actor you know they've got a strong actor to play the role he's a strong character he's a strong sith lord um and again he kind of follows that line of palpatine where he's masked himself to the jedis and then revealed himself as this quite ultimate bad guy and i think that could have been a real that that could have been utilized so much better and and as I said, like his death is such a key point as well for Anakin's and Palpatine's relationship and showing how Palpatine is influencing Anakin more and more, how the brutality of the death as well is it's showing Anakin doing away with his his Jedi learning and understanding and and, and, and taking more of that independent decision making to to well, to take on a, more of the Sith point of view. 
and so I, yeah so i think grievous for me I, I could have done definitely without him um and as you said it there's a around the grievous battle scene there's the stormtroopers which are there which are quite obviously cgi obi-wan is riding that annoying dragon animal thing which i again i think is a bit ott really for its purpose really and actually there was some really clunky cgi i noticed when he was getting off of it which it just looked very awkward and then he kind of goes into the battle scene with grievous and all the stormtroopers and it's just if it, again it felt like a game or a game cutscene with a lot of just very flashy action and whilst whilst that's okay for i think larger battle scenes with more stormtroopers and perhaps you know that's more justifiable in the in the wookie battle even though again i think they could have used less cgi there i would have preferred to see kind of more wookie real fur uh <laughs> battling so i i think there's yeah as you said like the decision making here it, it could have been that that was one of the things i felt that this film didn't get as right as perhaps episode one episode one used utilized more real sets and, and and characters and and by this point it just felt that it was lucas saying okay if i want to get the vision i want everything will have to be cgi or everything will have to be at least touched up with cgi and i think that takes away from the realness of the characters and the emotions they're feeling and kind of puts it again the film somewhere at odds with itself that you've got these you know very central characters who are going through these great emotional time i mean particularly anakin and you're seeing his change uh and then it's kind of counterpointed with this because as i mentioned a lot of the cgi action becomes quite flashy and almost it feels like this is the part where they're again appealing to kids without the silliness but they're, they're kind of appealing with the light show and whilst it's nice at certain points i think for it doesn't need to be utilized all the time uh and for me particularly within lightsaber fights that the lightsaber fights, I I always prefer when they feel more real, like with Darth Maul, like with Luke versus Vader or Obi-Wan versus Vader. The, those were traditional <laughs> lightsaber fights as, as we've kind of come to know them. And they're quite regal and almost um, ritualistic in, in, in the way that they, they, they fight and the pauses between them and, you know, the, the crackling of the swords, That that's what builds the tension in those. And, I feel that with CGI, there isn't really much of that because it's so flashbang. So I think whilst the CGI is understandable for wanting to create these large battle scenes, I, I yeah, I, I think that it is a, a negative on this film in terms of the way it drives the action, really. I, yeah, I completely agree. Um, there's one thing that, although I feel this overall is the best film of the series for, for me still Phantom Menace is my favorite, but looking at it mm. from a different perspective, I feel this is the best from start to finish film of the trilogy. If I could personally, for me talking about the grievous situation, if I could change one thing in the film would be to swap Dooku and Grievous's roles around mm. so that and make Grievous an apprentice to Dooku not being a droid yeah. and then 
have Dooku as the person that draws Obi-Wan away, that they have that mm. lightsaber fight and go to where and um, where that goes to, and then have Grievous as an apprentice to Dooku who Anakin has to kill in front of the senator. Yeah, I agree. More, more as like of a more as an innocent Sith apprentice, you know, because he's a Sith apprentice. Maybe that person hadn't made their complete decision to go fully over to the dark side or something, taking the Grievous situation out of it. Because then you have this character of Dooku that I feel is more worthy hmm. to draw and separate these Jedi apart during the story. And then we get more of Dooku and we get more of clearly uh, the relationship, the fragmented relationship between Dooku and Obi-Wan that could have built more from where it started at the end of Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I, I agree. And actually, I, yeah, I, I think that's a great idea, like swapping Grievous and and uh, Dooku around, that Grievous could have served as the death that, could have been preventable for Anakin, but then he cho- chooses not to and takes him out. And I, I agree. I think Grievous, as a character for me, I'm, I'm less endeared to him. So, yeah, get rid of him, get him out of there, use Dooku a bit more to, to. I think understand. Yeah, as I said, like the kind of motives of Palpatine and and where he's coming from, and also you know his because Obi Wan also knows Dooku. There's a previous relationship there, so it could have been quite an interesting bit of dialogue or something to understand more about the Sith's um, motives and objectives at that point. I mean, obviously we we know they want to rule the galaxy, but you know, in terms of how they've done it and how they've covered themselves up and I, we could have discovered a bit more there. I think if Obi-Wan had had some, some dialogue with Dooku. Especially because I feel that if you took that and uh, Dooku could almost be in a sense, no, the plans of what Sidious Palpatine was trying to do with Anakin. And there could have been a bit of jealousy there as there always are between Mm. Sith. And he could have alluded to that as well. Dooku could have alluded that to Obi-Wan to kind of start embedding that story of where Anakin might be going. uh, His journey and his path before everyone knows it. And it's something that, obi-wan could get angry about because he could be thinking this well this would never happen and it just adds another point of confrontation for the both between obi-wan and dooku that they could have fought over which i think would have been um very interesting to see but one another thing i do like is i do like before it progresses i do like the involvement of mace windu more Mm-hmm. Yoda more Anakin with talking with Mace Windu and Yoda and other Jedi. I, I do like that inclusion in this part because we don't really get to see him have any form of relationship to a certain extent with anybody else other than Obi-Wan. Yep. I I agree. I think this film also does the best service to the Jedi's of the old world. Um republic really i i I think we as you said we get more dooku we get more yoda we see how sidious works we could have seen more about dooku and his uh and his background and motivations and yeah you in terms of 
forced fan service this film really for me is the most revealing and 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 it kind of makes me sad because i think they you know episode two was almost ripe for having this that type of force involvement with the jedis and showing how they train uh the younglings and and what the the temple is like and that could have really set the scene for this which they they kind of really missed out on and then uh, it feels like episode three there's you know we learned so much about um how both the jedi and the sis operate i mean you know at the end of discussing episode two we had said that the, the jedi order was stubborn and arrogant in their own ways and that is almost leads to well that leads to their own downfall and I, I think here you know we can see more of that that they have certain ways of approaching things and also the relationship that they have with Anakin and how instead of trying to mitigate for Anakin and, and Sidious and again it's quite interesting how they're suspicious of Sidious but they don't properly investigate him as perhaps a you know someone who is on the enemy side or the the Sith side um and it goes to show that again this is you know part and he's right there next to the Jedi temple and the Jedi can't see him for the trees you know and from the trees I should say um so it goes to show that the Jedi are somewhat naive in their approach and and almost lacking that they, they, they can see far into the distance but they can't see what's right next to them um, and this film really highlights that uh, quite effectively, I think. And I mean, for me, one of the key points in the script is when, obviously, Palpatine puts Anakin forwards to be his representative on the Jedi Council, but he's not ready. And then the Jedi Council asks Anakin to spy on uh, on Palpatine instead. And I think that's just such a, a, a nice kind of plot development point because it really puts Anakin at odds with his sort of new political mentor in the Republic against his his sort of more family background of the Jedi Order and Obi-Wan and I, I think that's a really key point for Anakin's development to Vader to, to have that very contentious mission put on him and clearly he's so and, and I just like seeing him getting more and more frustrated with the with the jedi and kind of going again downplaying him and and doubting his abilities and i i think that's you know a really important point so th there's a lot of jedi service in this film which for me was is, is great to be honest and and could have been and, and could have started more so in episode two uh and even episode one at points i think you know when anakin was a kid they they could have they could have really helped teach him the basic building blocks of the of the Jedi mindset and, and way, which would have helped to explain to the audience and even, you know, and younger fans coming into it with episode one, you know, exactly what the Jedi is and, you know, how they're defined. And, and that would have really set up the Jedi to to fall better in a way, because then it shows that this is what they believe in. And they're very you know, stringent on these rules. And the fact that they're not able to maneuver at all or or make adjustments, it, it that that's you know that's where they they fall down. And I think this film really, I mean, it, it highlights that. It kind of almost plays on these things. And and that's what's so great about Palpatine becoming Sidious in this film is that he knows these things and he's there just driving the the state kind of further between Anakin and the Jedi. And in in terms of Palpatine as a bad guy, I think that makes him a very you know besides the fact that he's incredibly strong and the Sith Lord, it it makes him 
it just shows him to be so incredibly cunning which sort of justifies how first of all he's been able to hide from the jedi how he uh, takes over the the senate and then the the galaxy it, it, it's i think it's quite a a nice character setting for then for episodes four five and six to then come along with obviously the emperor as the the overall bad guy etc um i think that it works well in, in the third third episode yeah and what you talk about there the relationship between anakin and those other jedi um masters and especially that scene where anakin divulges the information that he's learned from palpatine because palpatine mm kind of gives it all away and then Anakin goes to Mace Windu to tell him um, from what he has learned and then it's kind of it's that final straw isn't it yeah. with how Mace Windu almost says right you know we're going to handle this now and it's <laughs> once again mm. it's for Anakin to take a step back which obviously yeah. leads us to that scene where Mace has Palpatine Sidious you know on the floor with his saber and Anakin comes rushing in and Anakin's so heavily conflicted at this time very much and it, it's funny because he then criticizes Mace Windu for something that he did with Dooku mm. Mace Windu is like saying that he can't Palpatine Sidious can't live you know we have to uh, take action now and Anakin's like this isn't the way and it's like well yeah Let's rewind to um, half an hour to an hour ago where that was the way. I know, obviously, he didn't initiate it and he was um, driven to it by Palpatine at the time. But still, it's kind of two two ends of yeah. the spectrum there. But um, yeah, it is very... The evolution, which it was, it would have been great if we got more of that in episode two. Like we said, there was a lot of time spent on other story points, which um, I think we both feel really explored everything we needed from those story points, could have left some room for just seeing the initial relationships build between hmm. Anakin, Mace Windu, Yoda, even more Obi-Wan. Definitely. To set up the kind of... On Anakin's side, he obviously felt betrayed by them um where is it's exactly what they i mean they never feel betrayed do they to a certain extent the jedi they just say that they've fallen to the dark side it's it's mm. never like they've betrayed us yeah. um it's more of a chilled out approach <laughs> which you yeah. feel sometimes is to their downfall isn't it which it, only if they approached it a bit Absolutely. more ruthlessly when needed sometimes they probably wouldn't be in as many problems as they end up being in. Absolutely. And I think that's the, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting, but well, a really good point that you've made that it's almost like the Jedi can't decide whilst they have these very stringent rules, they can't almost decide what, where to apply them or where the right points are or when people do it, it's, or what, you know, when someone like Anakin does and because they see him as young and, and less experience it's almost like he's doing the wrong thing but then when mace windu who's obviously more experienced it's saying the same thing all of a sudden it's the right thing and for anakin as a character i think that's um yeah i mean that you know that just adds to his conflict really 
um, as as his development. I think also for me in this film, what was interesting in as we're on the topic of Anakin's development, uh, how they how his dreams become more real in this film. Um, and you know, obviously he sees Padme suffering, and that's a huge driver for him to essentially protect her and and be able to gain the power to protect her. And I I feel that it, it's it's kind of funny that in episode three they they show that and they you know utilize Padme's real face crying, whereas in episode two you know he has these dreams about his mother, but they don't utilize his mother in the same way. And I, I felt that again that like from a filmmaking point of view, it could have been a really nice counterpoint to have you know in in the second film that it's his mother that's and his relationship with his mother that's really paining him and then in the third film as his relationship with Padme progresses and obviously you know we see them early on and I and again I think their their relationship in this film is quite it's quite natural um and has moved along in in again it's kind of almost surprising (laughs) because almost like in episode two where we first meet Anakin and he's so forward with Padme and then you know we, we come across episode three and all of a sudden you know him and Padme are so in love and obviously married secretly and they have this very strong relationship and it's almost like no one's really picked up on that um and it, they they do stay state that they are keeping it a secret but I'm just kind of surprised that no one's well none of the Jedi are really picking up on the fact that Anakin is so well probably in love and very emotional and or you know talking with Obi-Wan or that it, 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 it's it's quite an interesting perspective that they put on it, but I, I think I think it works quite well um, overall. And also, you know, showing how Padme is—I feel that she goes back to that that slightly uh, that stronger character that we first meet in Episode One, where she—I mean, obviously now she's very much in love with Anakin, and but she still questions his motives even when with Sidious, you know, giving him advice and, you know, she's asking him, is this the right thing? It goes against the Jedi. The Jedi would never do that. And so you can see that she's pushing against Anakin in a way which, you know, that she has this independence and she's not blindly accepting what he says, which ultimately leads to, you know, where her downfall really and and his sort of, well, turning on her later on in the film. Um, So I I think it works well. And I, I, I think it's, um, yeah, as I said, like in episode two, they could have utilized some of some of those sorts of scenes a bit more to 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 essentially move Anakin along, and and it's almost it would have been a really good representation to show that Anakin again feels helpless and that he wants to change the situation because essentially that's where he goes to the dark side is that he wants to alter the situation and and that really starts with the mother. Yeah, very much so, and you kind of feel there's i mean firstly what i do find funny going back to the whole anakin and padme their relationship is almost like a secret Mm. but then i mean this is just me (laughs) picking this up in attack of the clones the moment where padme rushes in to find um anakin and obi-wan and yoda after they've just had that battle with dooku yeah i believe it is and um 
and the, I, I think it's that scene and Anakin and Padme just make out for a good solid 10 seconds there yeah. whilst Obi-Wan just walks away <laughs> to another part of the room and it always it always makes me laugh when you get into episode 3 and they're, they're all a bit hush hush about it yeah um, yeah so and yet, yet they still they still meet at the the plane at the ship landing as well, and it, it, they're just like hiding behind a pillar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, very much so. It plays very well. I do like Padme's um, resolve and strength in this that she's just not giving in to kind of Anakin's thoughts and how he is thinking everything is playing out in his head and how the Jedi are and she's more rational in her thinking obviously and using more common sense in her thinking and that point is another one which comes when Anakin has already shifted over almost to the dark side the argument between them on the landing pad Hmm. um in Mustafar later on in the film it's it almost that's I think that's the like final nail in the coffin isn't it where even though he's already gone on a rampage by them but it's the final nail in the coffin in the sense of the betrayal yeah the betrayal everyone's betrayed him Mm. because Obi-Wan features in some of the um, visions that he has as well Mm of Padme and I feel every time Obi-Wan <laughs> appears in something like that he's always just like well of course he does of course he's there when Padme's in pain because he's mm. always out to get me yeah. <laughs> when he's his number one supporter yeah absolutely um, but it does gosh the last hour or so of the film especially this is why Revenge of the Sith is it's a great obviously a great movie and you know it has to end like this, but it does mm. leave you feeling deflated because you get Order 66. You yeah. get um, the part I hate of the movie of Anakin going to the Jedi Temple and taking out younglings as well as mm. everyone else. Um, yeah. And then you get, obviously, the transformation of him properly into the Darth Raider as we know. It always it kind of leaves that oh deflatedness at the end, even though you know this is um, a relevant part of the story and it's supposed to make you feel like this as well. Absolutely. But I also just wonder if we touch on the Order sixty six part. It's mm. always seemed like such a crazy kind of operation to come into place so easily. And it makes me think, is there was there something like programmed in these clones from the get-go that if they hear that term, they know what it is and they just change loyalties almost instantly? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to agree. That that part almost did feel a little bit too convenient from the side of Palpatine taking control, uh, especially as by this point, the clones have been fighting alongside the Jedi. And also, it was... They're at the command... I, I know of the Republic, but also of the Jedi. The Jedi had created them. So it's quite interesting to see <laughs> these sorts of human... Even though they're clones, obviously they're, they're human. 
sort of turn on their allies so easily, um, especially as I mean, when they turn on Obi Wan and he's kind of there talking, you know, really in quite a friendly manner with with the soldier, and then Order sixty six comes into play, and he's like, "No, just shoot him down." And you're like, "Whoa, like, <laughs> wow, that was." It, it makes them. It makes the clones feel robotic, actually, in a way which it's quite odd. Um, it's quite odd when you have seen the animated series, The Clone Wars, which mm. gives the clones, a section of the clones, this humanity to them. And then you know that Order 66 is coming. I mean, maybe they address this in more in the final Clone Wars series. Maybe you see it more from a clone standpoint. Maybe they don't all agree to Order 66 or something mm. along those lines changes. But from just a film standpoint, because we had these films before the series, it is still, even though I understand that they were all created and they're all effectively the same, so I guess something like this is possible, but it does still seem like such a tall order for just from one action for it to completely switch. Absolutely, and I... Um, I, I... I feel that it would have made more sense if in episode two, when Obi-Wan had gone to the clone planet, they had perhaps made this point to him that, hey, um, the leader of the Republic can override control himself or, or something like that. There could have been a, a plot line or a plot point um, to make more sense of that because it does feel so sudden that these... And, and that's the point of the clones is that they are these... They're not droids, they're humans, so they should be more advanced than droids and, and kind of, and I suppose, better at making these these sorts of decisions and emotionally and logically, and yet here they just feel like droids, you know, flip someone's flipping, flipping a switch from one side to the other, which it, 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 it somewhat takes away from the fact that they are clones. Um, but I think it's, yeah, it could have just been more justifiable with perhaps a i mean it could have just taken one line in episode two to say like oh well control of the clones is whoever holds this or is the 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 legitimate ruler of the republic something like that just to to make sense of it really yeah very much so like moving because that obviously comes into i feel the final segment of the Mm. movie where we have the and this once again falls into that cgi heavy moment um i believe it falls onto sidious against yoda in the senate yeah and the throwing of all the i don't know what they are senate pods yeah platforms or yeah yeah platforms or yeah and um it's obviously something that I think was cool to see um, a confrontation between Yoda and Sidious. I just wish it was, but that's that's the thing you unfortunately have to sit on there. You have Ian McDermott, who's not the youngest pup in the world, <laughs> yeah. and then you have Yoda, who's completely animated if you want him to stand up and flip around. Yeah. So I guess it makes... I always thought, I just want the... Uh, epic lightsaber battle like Obi-Wan and Anakin have but I just don't feel that really you can have that to a certain extent yeah absolutely I I, I think actually you know when re-watching the, the, that kind of 
Senate pod battle scene. I quite like it actually. I think it's um I think it's for lack of a better word, I think it's realistic to how the characters would fight in a sort of Jedi Sith master battle. It would be especially at, at their respective ages, <laughs> that would be less lightsabers and more uh, uh, an exchange of force powers from either side and throwing things and trying to take each other out that way uh, rather than... Because I think the lightsaber battle would have just... Because I have to say, when um, Sidious was fighting with Mace Windu, there were <laughs> there were parts of Sidious's facial expressions which actually made me laugh out loud when he was battling with him i mean he he really looks like he's straining <laughs> on the toilet <laughs> when he's fighting with mace windu and and it makes sense because it's sidious and he's got an evil face now and you know he's revealed himself as the the dark sith lord and he looks evil um but i think if if there had been a lightsaber fight between Sidious and Yoda it would have been almost too comical and so I, I quite like the the whole kind of battle of of force wizardry that they have um, I feel Sidious does well to work him to work his way through the full range of emoji faces <laughs> absolutely <laughs> because and you even see it again in the rise of Skywalker that that man just pulls faces yeah. There's no way around it. Yeah. And and yeah, in, in that film he pulls certainly the most faces. Um But I, I yeah, I, I think, you know, coming back to that point you had made in terms of the last hour of the film, it really does feel I think all the scenes really do fit into place in how I I, I even since I I since First watching this film, I always remember it to be a, a quite a dark film and, and quite sad. Um, and whilst it starts off a bit more kind of upbeat, it does descend well, I think, into that, you know, the, that very dark side that we, well, that it ends on, really. Um, and the last hour of the of the film is, uh, I, I enjoy it. I, I, I think it, it works very, well, pretty effectively in terms of showing how the characters start falling, how the Jedi are betrayed and, and also fall, how Palpatine seizes power. I think all of that is, is done. Yeah. Well, and actually rewatching this last time, it, 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 it does feel quite emotional towards the end because it's, um, it's Palpatine, essentially all of his bricks falling into place, which, um, as we've discussed with the the Jedi's, and it's almost infuriating that the Jedi's had such a a, a foothold uh, on the Republic, and and the way that they were keeping things in balance and check, and then all of a sudden, you know, within, I mean, I I, I don't know what the timeline would be for them, but it, it seems like a you know a day or two, and all of a sudden everything flips on its head, and it's it's a you know it's a new boss in town um, in charge. So... Yeah, very much so. As I also find there's that just a, a little side note. It's quite interesting. And now I know they didn't know this, but I find it funny that R2D2 technically serves Darth Vader because at the at the end, Anakin is Darth Vader when obviously he goes and 
takes out everyone at the Jedi Temple. But then before leaving to Mustafar, he goes back to Padme and C-3PO and R2. And R2's in the ship with him when he goes to Mustafar. Hmm. Um, and I just find that as a funny little side note. But obviously they didn't know. But it is funny that like our faithful R2 <laughs> didn't realize he was actually serving Darth Vader at the time. Yeah. Um, but obviously that comes in that point where Anakin tells Padme how the, the Jedi have turned against uh, everyone and they're the real enemies. And Padme's like, mm, don't really mm. know what I'm talking about here. Doesn't quite make sense. But yeah, it is an emotional end, especially it's the Obi-Wan and Anakin scene the fight scene and the confrontation all the way right to the end where even everyone's still hammering at home how like you were the chosen one we're like brothers and all that type of stuff and anakin's just gone it's kind of no way coming back by then i i very much still wish though that the younglings scene wasn't included i i I think that's a bit too far. I understand you've got to show that he's gone to the dark side, but I still think that's too far. Very much you could have just showed him walking into the Jedi Temple and taking out a couple of Jedis. And, we and then, could... Yeah, and maybe it being on fire or something like that instead. Yeah. I have to say, in that scene, the little boy as well, the youngling little boy, he... The, li- the line he delivers is something like, oh, are you, are you going to save us, Mr. Anakin? And it, it is. I, I mean, he's, obviously it's a child actor and you have to be somewhat forgiving, but the kid delivers it really badly uh, and it feels really wooden. Actually, that part, I kind of laughed at how... I mean, obviously it's an incredibly sad moment, but it almost feels... a little. I don't know. I, I just don't really... I, I don't think that line is... is too well acted from the kid unfortunately but i agree i mean well i I think it's an important scene as well um i think i think it's an important scene but i again i think it could have done with more context that came perhaps from episode two because we first meet the younglings in episode two and i think they used in episode two as a, a story piece to show essentially what young Jedi should training should be like and, and the age that they should sort of enter into it. So, but they could have gone so much more into it. And I think that would have made the scene, I mean, maybe a bit more justifiable to show how, you know, perhaps if it been shown how much the Jedi value younglings at a certain age or something like that, then it would really be quite symbolic of Anakin, you know, completely destroying the, the Jedi, including the, the next generation of developing Jedi. And, you know, as a, as a piece of symbolism, I think that would have worked well. And then perhaps ending with the, the Jedi Temple on fire or something like that, with, that could have been quite a, a good way to show that, you know, Vader's in town now and, and out with the old and in with the new. Um, but it's... Uh, and I, I, I don't think it's too out of place in terms of the way that the film becomes quite sad because it just really from that point, it really just does fall down um, in terms of, uh, I mean, it just, it just becomes incredibly sad. You know, everything really like 
leads on to an even more sad point for you know it, the younglings are taking down then anakin strangles padme feeling betrayed by her and then obi-wan and, and anakin uh, and then you know anakin being saved as vader and learning about padme i mean all of that really is just you know knock after knock to <laughs> and by the end of it you're feeling quite quite taken aback in in terms of it's quite it's just quite sad really um the the, the overall tone, tone but i think it's fitting for the highlighting how how dark things have become for for anakin um and you know i think you know coming back to the, the key scene of obi-wan and anakin fighting whilst I, I i i like the script in that part and i like their fight i do not like again i think it's it's that creative decision to use a lot of cgi in these lightsaber fights that here we have an opportunity to have an, a, a normal character lightsaber fight without the overuse of cgi of or, you know of one of the characters having to be cgi'd up to make it justifiable within the fight such as sidious or yoda and whilst you've got the kind of green screen background of of Mustafa and and the world and the lava world and that's fine, but then I I find that the 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 platform when they kind of fly over that river of lava it's just so it almost it looks too much too hammy in terms of the CGI and and that really didn't need to be done to, for the dramatic effect it could have been done in a a more effective way because if we look at something like the the Darth Maul scene uh battle scene with uh koiwon jin and obi-wan that there's so many points of and simple devices used to build the tension within the scene like those odd you know closing doors that koiwon jin gets trapped in and obi-wan does too i think that you know that's effective at building up the tension whereas those lava platform things almost look like some sort of uh, like a cgi ride or you know one of those virtual reality rides which it's almost it takes away from the again from it's that sort of childish action almost that it's, it's too flash when you've got a very serious point and actually you know their their dialogue is strong and the, the fact that they've got this sort of relationship it, it that, that should be enough to highlight that scene and i just find that that kind of flying around part it takes away from it so i, I could have done without that but i do like that scene i do i think it is sad and i uh, you know, I, I think Obi Wan makes the point that you know Anakin was the chosen one, and you know he's he's left behind, and and ultimately, I think for me, it's a very important scene as well to show that um, essentially the whole well Anakin's prophecy, and also how Sidious has used the Force um, against him, and because. Sidious promises Anakin the ability to keep people from death. And Anakin is always <laughs> with the motivation of keeping Padme from death. But ultimately, what happens is that he ends up keeping himself from death in the end. So it's almost his own self-fulfilling prophecy that... And it, it feels like Sidious had been playing this all along, that it was never really meant for Padme. It was always going to be meant for Anakin. Uh, and I think that's a you know a good point that that scene highlights that it, it's it's you know he anakin's so i mean you know everyone chops off his legs and an arm and he's burnt all over and he's basically dead but then essentially the only thing that keeps him going is really his sort of newfound burning hate inside and then once he 
and actually it's, it's quite tragic obviously once he becomes vader as we know him in the suit and palpatine tells him that he killed padme for me that's actually a really powerful scene because it shows how a character like vader then completely does away with the good side of things and the good within himself and he just gives himself completely over to the dark side and until you know luke convinces him otherwise but i i think that's a you know it effectively shows that essentially he's again like the, like the jedi he's kind of the he he is the reason for his own downfall um and his sort of his thoughts and drive end up playing into his own character development but well his own character development and downfall um so i think it's a i think it's a powerful powerful moment i think it's very well told and yeah completely agree the the parts of the story that are put in to realize the character of darth vader and you just you're taking away piece by piece you take away his he's always had a kind of confrontational relationship 90 percent on his side with obi-wan but you it's the pieces by his lack of faith in the jedi then his him be given hope by palpatine slash sidious of saving padme from the dreams he's been having mm. then you take away you pretty much take away padme before you take away obi-wan as an ally because he obviously chokes padme and feels that he's near near enough killed her and then his confrontation with obi-wan and that's the final uh, nail in their coffin of their relationship and then he finally founds out that Padme's gone so by then you've pretty much just taken all of his relationships that are part a huge part of his life away which tees up perfectly the evolution into the vader we see for so long and it and it's right that it it takes luke his own son to bring him back Hmm. because then i would feel also by that time he's used up so anger that he's kind of got none left to a certain extent Hmm. so which obviously helps in luke bringing him back to the the light at the last second but yes it's once again it's going back to the writing of this film it's very well written and the transition from Anakin to Vader is very well played. All the story beats in between that time with his relationship with Palpatine, the Jedi Council, uh, the Jedi Order, Obi-Wan. It's all perfectly pieced together for the ending that it gets. And yes, George Lucas loved a good CGI at that particular point <laughs> in time. And it would have been great, I, I think, if we had elements of the lava planet but most of it was set inside an industrial setting in the same way that you get in the Death Star in the same way you got on episode one mm. with Darth Maul, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan that I think that would have for me that would have been the final kind of tick yeah. so that they I, I mean, play the CGI card again I agree I think yeah and it could have been done really simply like a platform over the lava or something like that rather than those nonsensical like flying platforms it's, it's just ugh, it, for me it just as i said it, it kind of makes the action a bit more childish at a very serious point 
and with characters who are able to have a really good lightsaber fight, um, which is real choreography. Um, and it, it almost kind of, you know, it, yeah, it felt that they slightly overplayed their hand with that. But I think it's, um, but yeah, as you said, I think overall, you know, the, uh, I think the film is very, is much more tight in terms of the script and the way that it's laid out and the way it progresses. I think the, there's a good mix of action and dialogue that what, you know, the dialogue is, is, it's not overdone. It's not too cheesy at points. It feels like the, the actors also are a little bit more comfortable with acting with CGI backgrounds and characters and, and things like that. And they, they, they take it more in their stride and it seems, seems that the actors are more used to it um, and settled in. So I, I yeah, I, I think this film is probably the most effective um film of the prequel the, the prequel trilogy in the sort the points that it wants to well that it has to make really uh for for the story yeah i i i it's uh yeah it's it's a much more balanced film um the direction seems better the script is is more on point again yeah as you said the cgi is um could have been toned down more but it it, it does what it wants it, it needs to do um effectively and yeah and I, and as i said previously i think it pays good service to what the fans expected and wanted from the original prequel uh, from the 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 prequel trilogy in that it it, it it tells you much more about the universe about the main characters about where they've their, their kind of backgrounds and how they're operating in a much more effective storytelling way and it's just yeah i i, I was entertained by the end of this one even though you kind of end and it's quite sad it's um i feel that it sets up the the original trilogy quite well i also have to give massive kudos to Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen for the core for the fight choreography in that lightsaber battle mm. is just insane yeah and I can't even imagine how many hours they put into getting that shot for shot but the pace in which they fight is really quite extraordinary it it's the you know it's a phenomenal fight between the two and so it should be but those guys really, I think, outdid themselves. I I always remember there's an interview with Ewan McGregor later on, and he said when we were first shooting those scenes, we were actually told to slow down because they couldn't keep up with how quickly wow. we were fighting in order to put the effects in at a later time. So they had to kind of like home it in a bit because they were so good hmm. at, at the choreography. Um, a choreographed, can't say the word, fight. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's 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 a very epic conclusion, even if there's a cut scene in between, a part that always makes me laugh. It's like a few minutes into the fight between Obi Wan and Anakin, you cut back to Yoda's fight with Sidious, where there is an awful lot of lightsaber. Um, 
confrontation between them two at the beginning when they first come into the Senate mm. from below. Um, but there's the scene in the room, Insidious's room below, where Yoda like hits him with the Force, and he kind of folds over his <laughs> desk into his chair. I laughed at that too. Yeah, when he goes over his chair, it's, it's... he goes over his chair and he falls so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, comically it... into his chair which is priceless it, you know that i i laughed at that point as well and i have to say with sidious's faces beforehand fighting mace windu that there were points where i was laughing at him even though he's the ultimate enemy he he <laughs> there are some points that he he is almost like uh, unintentional comic relief um then that yeah that scene where he falls over his chair it's <laughs> it's a good one yeah but i have to say as an overall statement for me i think we probably both agree revenge of the sith is probably the best film for Mm. all elements out of the trilogy personally for me phantom menace always has the place in my heart as my favorite of the prequels it always will do attack of the clones I feel this, uh, for me, is probably the weaker of the three. But overall, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy the prequels trilogy because uh, I grew up on the prequels trilogy. And I fondly will always have fond members, fond memories of Phantom Menace, of even of Jar Jar, of everyone involved, because that was my massive introduction to star wars even after seeing the originals in the re-release in the cinema something about phantom menace at that time just captured everything for me and was i believe the reason that i'm still a massive star wars fan today yeah i i I, yeah i I somewhat i I do generally agree with all your points i mean i think on re-watching yeah i think revenge of the sith is probably the best one and perhaps now my favorite of the prequels though i do agree with you like phantom menace even though it has quite a few faults as we discussed in the other in the previous episode you know it's just it is a fun film in terms of the pace and energy that i think yesterday after the after after recording we were discussing about the pacing of episode one and how there's almost two it's it's again it's it's split whereas episode two is split into the three parts episode one is split into quite two quite distinctive parts and you know what the first part culminates with um the 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 winning of the pod race and that feels like a real high and then it, it kind of goes down again and builds up again to the final win as well over um the droid army and Darth Maul, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that film is quite effective and it's it's entertaining. And usually, when I watch it, it's um, I enjoy it still. Um, and I I think after rewatching these films now, it's been the first time I've rewatched them since watching the episode seven, eight, and nine, uh, the Disney Star Wars. And for me, I appreciate how. I think with these, perhaps with these prequel trilogies, they had somewhat of an easier job in terms of, you know, showing how the Emperor came to power and how Vader came to be. But besides from that, I think as as a trilogy, the story arc of the characters is 
more consistent, uh, has more drive and more key and memorable events that lead them to the characters we know them as in the original trilogy. And yeah, so I, I quite appreciate these prequel films and I, I think they could have gone further in points and perhaps reined in certain aspects. Um, and as we've talked about the tone over them, over the three of them has been inconsistent in that episode one is more silly serious as i've said episode two is much more serious and then episode three seems to strike this happy balance and i w- would have loved to have seen that kind of episode three tone spread out across them however that doesn't make them terrible films and i don't think that you know takes away from the story that they're telling uh completely uh, i think that it, it it's just more of you know as we were kind of talking about with in episode two it's, it's george lucas as a filmmaker that he I think he's fantastic at generating ideas. Like he, he's built this whole world and universe really um, with characters and races and planets and languages. And I mean, there's so much that he's put into it. And I think all of that is amazing. And it really, it's, it's, I mean, it's been such a joy for me over my life to have watched these creations. But I think as a filmmaker, he, he's probably not the strongest filmmaker um, from that sort of, director technical point of view and perhaps i think what we can see with these prequels is that people well he that there was a lot of trust put in in lucas solely to deliver this trilogy whereas actually it would have like with the original trilogy it perhaps would have done better with either the involvement of a studio pushing back on certain ideas or reining in certain elements like silliness or adding more action into you know episode two so i mean it, you know he could have done with either that studio or like another creative to whether it's a director producer or writer to help him bring his ideas into a more concise version of what they became but saying that you know there it, it does tell the story of of anakin and the emperor and i think by the episode three there's nothing really where i'm it, it it doesn't there are things that feel out of place and more so in episode one and two but i don't think that it derails the story in any sort of serious way uh and i as i said i appreciate the kind of i think the story arc works m- more effectively than the disney trilogy personally uh much more so really yeah revenge of the sith is a brilliant conclusion um to that story arc across the three episodes and yeah we would have probably loved a bit more here and there in the previous episodes but episode three is a perfect way to end it and i think they ended it really well Hmm. yep Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the force be with you.